Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we are starting into a brand new series of sermons for Christmas called Ugly Christmas Sweaters. And throughout this series, we're going to be talking about what we can do to leave the ugliness to the sweaters this Christmas. Because we all know that in our attempts to make Christmas perfect, that we can become pretty ugly this time of year. So over the next few episodes, we're going to talk about what we can do to avoid having ugly thoughts, ugly words, ugly actions, ugly motives in our lives this Christmas season, so that we can make this season what it really should be, a time of joy, a time of happiness as we celebrate the birth of Christ together. So let's get right into this episode sermon and see what we can do to avoid having ugly thoughts this Christmas. Well, now that Thanksgiving is behind us and Black Friday is in the books, I think it's safe to say that the countdown to Christmas is officially on. Christmas Day is now less than four weeks away. And About this time of year, every year, I find myself humming the tune to one of my all-time favorite Christmas songs. This song was originally released back in 1951, but it became a Christmas classic when Bing Crosby famously proved it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look in the 5 and 10, glistening once again, with candy canes and silver lanes glowing. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store. But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. A pair of hop-along boots and a pistol that shoots as the wish of Barney and Ben. Dolls that can talk and will go for a walk is the hope of Janice and Jen. And Mom and Dad can hardly wait for school to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go, there's a tree in the Grand Hotel, one in the park as well. The sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Soon the bells will start. And the thing that will make them ring is the carol that you sing right within your heart. Now, even though some of the words for this particular tune have become a little outdated over the last 70 years, because I, for one, have never actually shopped inside of a five and and I have absolutely no idea what hop-along boots actually are. This is still the first song that I find myself humming every Christmas season. And there's a reason for that. And that reason is that this song, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, does a really good job of capturing what Christmas is supposed to look like. I mean, when you are out in a store at this time of year, that store is supposed to be decked out with holiday decorations. That was actually one of my favorite things uh, about managing a toy store after I graduated college. I love being able to decorate our store for Christmas. So I always look forward to being able to put out our little people nativity set on our counters around this time each year and setting up a nice little Christmas tree back behind the registers and hanging up all of the holiday signage that our company had printed that year. Or when you are out driving around this time of year, you're supposed to see decorations just about everywhere that you turn. That's actually become one of Hannah's favorite things to do at Christmas time. Every year she loves to just sit back in the back of my car as we drive through different neighborhoods, checking out the light displays and the decorations that our neighbors have put out. And even though Hannah tends to prefer the houses that look more like the Griswold family's house in a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I've come to really 
appreciate the simple houses. The ones that have a strand of lights hanging from the roof line with just a simple wreath hanging on their front door. Or when you're at home this time of year, you're supposed to be able to sit back and watch as your kids or your grandkids, your nieces or your nephews, plop down on the floor in your living room with a crayon or a marker in one hand and a piece of paper in the other and start making out their Christmas list. And yes, even though the toys have changed a whole lot over the last 70 years since it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas was originally released, it's also still kind of fun to sit back and flip through the catalogs that Walmart and Target and Amazon still mail out and just see what new toys could come out this year. So, this song, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's always the first song that I find myself humming this time of year because it does such a good job of capturing what the season Christmas is supposed to look like. But there's another Christmas tradition that's been on the rise over the last 20 years or so that does a better job of capturing what Christmas is really like. And that's the ugly Christmas sweater. Now, if you spend much time around Melbourne Heights over the last couple of Christmases, you probably realize that I am a fan of the ugly Christmas sweater. And even though this particular sweater isn't that atrocious, I've got worse. I've got bright green Christmas sweaters at home and bold bright Christmas sweaters. I've got ugly Christmas sweaters that have everything on them from Mickey Mouse wearing Santa house and wearing a Santa's hat to an elf whose antlers light up, or at least they used to light up before the batteries died, but that's another story. I even have ugly Christmas sweater socks, which I am wearing this morning, but you can't see because there's a table in front of me, that I break out about this time of year every year. And I think I have come to love this tradition, the ugly Christmas sweater, so much that it has inspired an entire sermon series this year for a simple reason. And that reason is that Christmas is one of the most stressful and chaotic times during the year. And ugly Christmas sweaters, they just alleviate some of that pressure. They take some of that stress off for you when you put on one of these atrocious things, and for everyone that sees your sweater as they giggle or chuckle or try to figure out what exactly you've got on your shirt. But that's not actually the reason why I think that ugly sweaters do such a good job of capturing what this season is really like these days. I think that ugly sweaters do such a good job of capturing what Christmas is really like today because in our attempts to make Christmas perfect, we embrace ugly attitudes this time of year. In our attempts to make Christmas perfect, we embrace ugly attitudes this time of year. And when we embrace these ugly attitudes, we take what is supposed to be a happy and a joyous time of year, and we turn it into one of the most miserable times of year every single and if you don't think that Christmas is a miserable season for a lot of people, let me challenge you to pay attention to the people around you the next time that you have to go into a store this holiday season. And it doesn't matter if you're out grocery shopping or if you're out buying presents for someone on your list. If you pay attention to the people around you, I guarantee you that you are going to see a lot more people who resemble the Grinch than resemble Cindy Lou Who at Christmas time. But you know what? Christmas doesn't have to be that way. This Christmas doesn't have to be that way. This Christmas doesn't have to be a miserable time of year. It can be one of the most wonderful times of the year. This Christmas can be a happy and joyous time.
time when you get together with your family or with your friends and celebrate the birth of Christ. But in order for that to happen, this Christmas, you need to leave the ugly to the sweaters. This Christmas, you need to leave the ugly to the sweaters. But how exactly do you do that? How do you leave the ugly to the sweaters? How do you avoid having an ugly attitude this Christmas? Well, this is exactly what we're going to be talking about every Sunday between today and Christmas Day here at Melbourne Heights. We're going to be talking about what we can do to avoid all of the ugliness that comes around this time of year. And specifically, we're going to be focusing in on four areas in our lives where this ugliness tends to rear its ugly head. So over the next four weeks, we are going to be talking about our thoughts. We're going to be talking about our words. We're going to be talking about our actions. And we're going to be talking about our motives. Because these four areas are the areas where we tend to bring the most ugliness into the Christmas season. But we're not just going to be talking about how these areas can become ugly. We're also going to be talking about what we need to do in each of these areas to avoid all of that ugliness this year. And today there's really only one place for us to start. And the place that we have to start this Christmas season by talking about our thoughts. And that's because everything that we do begins and originates internally in our thoughts long before we ever express it internally through the things that we say or the things that we do. So that means that if we can rein in our thoughts, if we can avoid those ugly thoughts this year, then we have a really good chance to being able to be able to enjoy this season. It's a season of joy and happiness we celebrate the birth of Christ. And to help us think about what we need to do to avoid having ugly thoughts this Christmas, I brought along a little visual aid this morning. Alright? Here's my visual aid. Do y'all have white strands that look like this at home? If you have ever had to untangle a strand of lights that looks like this one, you've probably had some ugly thoughts about it, Right? Because anybody who has ever had to untangle a strand of Christmas lights knows just how frustrating it can be. But what makes it even worse is after you take all of that time and you untangle that strand of lights, when you plug it into a wall, there's always a light bulb that's burned out, right? And it wasn't that long ago that if you had one single light bulb in your strand of lights, that the entire strand of lights wouldn't work. So not only did you have to untangle that knot of Christmas lights when you pulled it out of the box, once you plugged it in, once you got it untangled and plugged it into a wall, then you had to go through every single light in that strand of Christmas lights trying to find the bad bulb so that you could replace it with one that works. But what does this strand of knotted up tangled Christmas lights have to do with how we can avoid ugly thoughts this Christmas? Well, just like one bad bulb can ruin an entire strand of Christmas lights, one bad thought can lead us down a path to ugliness at Christmas. So if we want to be able to leave the ugly to the sweaters this year, we have to be able to do the same thing with our thoughts that we do with a bad bulb and a strand of lights. We have to be able to replace it with something better. But how exactly do we do that? How do we replace the ugly thoughts in our lives? Well, this is something that the Apostle Paul, who is the foremost missionary and theologian of the first century, has some experience with. Because Paul, as throughout his entire
entire time as a missionary, as he is trying to spread the good news of Jesus around the world, Paul faces one situation after the other that would cause any of us to have some pretty ugly thoughts. So what all does Paul go through? Well, as Paul is trying to spread the good news of Jesus around the world, Paul is arrested and imprisoned on multiple occasions. And if it's not bad enough to find himself thrown in jail because of his faith, Paul also finds out that while he's in jail, and he is unable to go and visit the churches that he helped to start around the Roman Empire, that other people have been going to these same churches, and they have been lying to the members of the churches there about what it means to follow Jesus. And on top of all of that, Paul also has to deal with some sort of health condition throughout his entire life that he never gets any relief from. So Paul, he experiences a lot of situations that could have caused him to have ugly thoughts. But in a letter that he writes to one of the churches that he helped start, the church of the ancient city of Philippi, Paul is going to share some advice on what we need to do to avoid the ugly thoughts in our lives. So let's take a look at what Paul writes in this letter. In Philippians chapter 4, where we'll start reading in verse 4. Here's what Paul writes. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So as this passage begins, Paul gives us very specific instructions on what we can do to avoid having ugly thoughts in our lives. As a matter of fact, Paul virtually commands us on what we need to do to avoid having ugly thoughts in our lives when Paul tells us to rejoice. Paul says, instead of grumbling, rejoice. Instead of complaining, rejoice. Instead of getting angry, rejoice. And Paul tells us this for a reason. Paul knows that all of us are going to find ourselves in situations where we want to grumble. And we're all going to find ourselves in situations where we want to complain. And we are all going to find ourselves in situations that make us angry. But Paul also knows that if we let these feelings of grumbling and complaining and getting angry get the best of us, that they are going to affect our thoughts. And they're going to lead us down a negative path. So Paul knows that if we grumble and if we complain and if we get angry, that that's also going to cause us to be anxious. And if we grumble and complain and get angry, it's also going to cause us to be jaded. And if we get angry and grumble and complain, it's also going to cause us to doubt God. And when all of that happens, our life burns out. So Paul, he tells us to rejoice in the Lord because Paul doesn't want any of these things to happen to us. Paul doesn't want our life to burn out. Paul doesn't want us to be overwhelmed by negative thoughts. So Paul tells us that instead of having these negative feelings, instead of grumbling, we need to rejoice. Instead of complaining, we need to rejoice. Instead of getting angry, we need to rejoice. Because Paul knows that the way to replace our ugly thoughts is to rejoice in the Lord. The way to replace our ugly thoughts is to rejoice in the Lord. But Paul doesn't stop here. Paul doesn't stop with just telling us that we need to rejoice in the Lord. Paul goes on and he makes a promise in those verses that we just read about what will happen for each of us when we rejoice in the Lord. And Paul tells us that when we rejoice in the Lord, 
God will give us peace. And not only will God give us peace, God will also guard us. God will protect us from all of the ugliness of our lives. So take a second, right now, and imagine how different your life would be if your first reaction in whatever situation you find yourself in is to find something to rejoice about instead of finding something to complain about. Take a second right now and imagine how different your life would be if your first reaction in any situation that you find yourself in is to find something to praise God for instead of finding something that you can grumble about. Take a second and imagine right now how different our world first reaction in any situation that we find ourselves in is to find something that we can exalt God for, instead of finding something that we can get angry or upset about. If we do that, if we follow the tip that Paul gives us in this passage, if we follow the instructions, if we listen to the command that Paul gives us, and we praise instead of complain, if we rejoice instead of grumble, if we find something to exalt God for instead of finding something to be angry about, our world would be a different place. Our lives would be different. We'd find that we were well on the way, not having to worry about those ugly thoughts in our lives. But not only is Paul going to tell us that we need to rejoice in our life, not only is Paul going to give us these promises that God makes us about giving us peace and also guarding our hearts and minds from ugly my favorite part of this entire passage is what Paul tells us next. So let's turn back to Philippians chapter 4, and let's take a look at what Paul tells us in verse 8 together. So here's what Paul writes. He says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, such things. Now, this is my favorite part of this passage from Philippians chapter 4, because in verse 8, Paul tells us exactly what we need to focus on in any situation so that we can rejoice. Paul tells us that we need to focus on whatever is true. Paul tells us that we need to focus on whatever is noble. Paul tells us that we need to focus on whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. simply as I possibly can here, that if you want to rejoice, you have to focus on the good. If you want to be able to rejoice in the Lord always, you have to focus on the good. So, this Christmas, when you're pulling out your decorations and you find your lights look like this, don't get frustrated that you're having to untangle those lights. Instead of getting frustrated, focus on the good. And what's the good? Well, the good is the look that's going to be on your kids, your grandkids, or your neighbor's faces when they drive by your house that first night after you get all those lights put up and turned on. Or when you're baking your Christmas cookies this year. Don't get upset. Don't start complaining when you burn one batch. Instead, focus on the good. And what's the good? that you have people that you can share that batch of Christmas cookies with. For 
this Christmas, when you're getting ready to sit down to holiday dinner with your family, and you realize that you're going to be stuck sitting next to that one relative that just drives you up the walls, don't get angry about it. Instead, focus on the good. And what's the good? Well, the good is that you're able to sit down with your family and share a meal again this Christmas, after so many of us had to cancel our Christmas plans and family gatherings due to COVID-19 last year. So instead of getting frustrated, instead of getting angry or grumbling or complaining, focus on the good. Because the good is what this season is all about. This season is all about the good news. This season is all about the good news of Jesus entering into our world. And the Gospel of Luke, or Luke's biography of Jesus, does a pretty good job of summing up this good news the story that Luke tells in Luke chapter 2. So I want us to take a look at just a few verses from this passage together today to remember what the good news of Christmas is for us all. So Luke chapter 2, start reading in verse 8. Here's what Luke writes. He says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiant of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So what we hear in this passage is the best part of Christmas. What we hear in this passage is the good that we can focus on this time of year. And the angel in this passage, they tell us what is the most true, the most noble, the most right, the most pure, the most lovely, the most admirable part of Christmas. And it's that good news that the angel brings to the shepherds who were out in the field that night. And from the angel we hear that the best part of Christmas is the part about Christ. The best part of Christmas is the part So, no matter what you're going through this Christmas season, and even if everything else seems like it's going wrong this holiday season, there is still good that we can all focus on. We can all focus on the good news that God sent His one and only Son into this world for us, so that nothing can separate us from God. And that, as the angel tells us, is good news should bring us all great joy. So this Christmas, if you want to leave the ugly to the sweaters, the first thing that you have to be able to do is to replace the ugly thoughts in your life with things that bring you joy. And we've got something that we want to do this year at Melbourne Heights that's going to help you do that. We've got something that we're going to do this year that we have never done before to help you focus on those things that bring you so as you came into our worship space today, you probably noticed that we've got some Christmas trees that are around our worship area. And on the trees around our worship area are little wooden ornaments like this one. We want you to help us decorate our worship space this year with things that bring you joy. So today, I want you to pick out four Christmas ornaments, any four ornaments that you like that are on our trees, and I want you to take them home with you, and each week, each week, 
want you to decorate a different ornament. And as you decorate that ornament, I want you to put something on this ornament that brings you joy. Now, this is one that our administrative assistant, Laura, made. You don't have to be as crafty as she is. But if you want to be as crafty as she is, go for it. Okay? But what I want you to do is take one of these ornaments and decorate it. And as you're decorating them, you can write a word about something that brings you joy. You could write family. You could write friends. You could write snow or winter or whatever it is that brings you joy. And draw a picture of whatever it is that makes you joy. But each week, I want you to decorate one ornament. And then I want you to bring it back the next Sunday and hang it on one of the trees that we have in our space. And what you'll find as you do this is, as you decorate and think about each ornament, you're going to be focused on something that gives you joy. Instead of focusing on those situations that make you want to grumble or complain or get angry. And as you bring it back and you hang it on the tree, you're going to be able to look around and you're going to be able to see the other ornaments that are decorated with things that bring other people in our church joy. And as you see what they write or draw on their ornaments, it's going to bring you joy. It's going to replace those ugly thoughts in your life with things that bring you joy as well. So this Christmas, let's leave the ugly to the sweaters. And let's make this season what it's really supposed to be. Let's make this a season where we celebrate the birth of Jesus together. And we enjoy that time. We make it a time of happiness and celebration. to you in this word of prayer, we are thankful for the chance that we have to be in this place to worship you today, God. As we think about those things that bring us and give us joy, God, we are grateful here at Melbourne Heights that we are able to come together once again and worship you in person during the Christmas season. Because last year, God, we weren't. You brought us a long way, and you've given us a season where we can celebrate and be joyful God, you know that throughout the season, we are going to face situations where we want to get upset, where we want to get angry, where we want to grumble, where we want to complain. And God, help us to get rid of those ugly thoughts and focus on those things and those areas in our life that are good. To focus on those things that will bring us joy and celebration. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode's sermon has challenged you to avoid ugly thoughts this Christmas by replacing those thoughts with things that bring you joy. So let me challenge you to do that, not just this week, but every week leading up to Christmas Day. Spend some time thinking about those things, those areas, those people in your life that bring you joy. And if you'll do that, you'll find that they really do replace some of the ugly thoughts that you could be having this time of year. Well, in our next episode, we're going to continue talking about what we need to do to leave the ugly to the sweaters this Christmas. Next week, we're going to be focusing in on what we can do to avoid having and using ugly words. So we hope that you'll come back and join us when our next episode drops. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that episode will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And don't forget, you don't have to wait till next Tuesday when our next episode drops to tune in and join us for worship or to hear a sermon. You're invited to come and join us on 
online every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time at mhbclouisville.com slash live. We would love to have you come and worship with us. Well, until next time, I hope that you have a great week. I will be praying for you, and I hope that you do everything that you can to keep the ugly to the sweaters this Christmas.